Hello, and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast where we watch movies that, you know, we haven't seen, and then we talk about them. That's the name of the show. Hang on a second. You told me you're not allowed to talk until I introduce you. What? Who am I, Betsy? Wait. We already messed this up, but keep going! I'm Betsy. With me, who talked to me before he was supposed to, is my husband, Trent. That's the rule of podcasting. You're not allowed to speak until you are introduced. Yeah, and you've broken every rule, so now we're doomed. Yes. <laughs> In any case, today we are back to normal programming. Still continuing with the thing that we've been setting out to do. Whatever we want. Yeah. And today we are going to watch a film that Trent has not seen. I haven't. But I have. We are watching the 1997 film Air Force One. Air Force One with Mr. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. So Trent, why have you not seen Air Force One? That's a great question because it is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. You know, this is in between when Harrison Ford was doing his, not, he wasn't in his old man phase yet. Not quite. He was like between, you know, the end of the Star Wars trilogy. He had done Jack Ryan he had, movies. Yeah, he had done, he had done his little stint in the, in the Tom Clancyverse. The Tom Clancyverse. Um, <laughs> and he did, when, when did he do his... That one where he's flying an airplane and they get stranded with, uh, what's her name? Oh, um, is it Anne Seven Hache? Days and Nights? Yeah. Something like it's that. With Anne, Anne Hache, Hache, early yeah. 2000s. Right. Yeah. So, okay, so it's in this period where they're still kind of casting him as a leading man. Yep. He's kind of in his Richard Gere phase. I guess. Where, like, women of that age still like Harrison Ford. They would still say, they would wink and say yes to Harrison Ford if he, uh, if he oh, approached yeah. I him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he would have been, oh, let's see. He was already in his 30s when he did. So he was probably close to 50 when he made this movie. Yeah. So a presidential age. Sure, totally. What do you know about the movie? Okay, so I think I know more about this movie than I've known about previous movies I haven't seen. Okay. So Harrison Ford is the president. Yes, he is. And I think what happens is, by the title of the movie, Air Force One. <laughs> what happens, Which Trent? is the, the, the president's plane uh, gets hijacked. Okay. By terrorists. Okay. When, you know, the word terrorism started to really enter into the lexicon in people's minds. Mm-hmm. People started to hear about hijackings and bombings and other things and it's been into the the psyche of the american people yeah do you know who the villains are where they originate from i do not i do not i i know who's in it i know gary oldman i think i think is the bad guy i'm actually impressed that you know that because this was the first thing i ever saw gary oldman in okay yeah this is my introduction to gary oldman is he the most gary oldman because in the 90s gary oldman uh was a crazy man. I mean, this is he the same a... year he made The Fifth Element. Okay. Which, again, is a great, great movie, and yep. he just is all out there. When did he do The Professional? Leon. That would have been a couple years before that. So, like, yeah. 94, maybe? He is 95? insane in that movie. He's so good. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, I believe... I haven't seen this movie in a while. Yeah. I'll be honest. Sure. Uh, but I do believe that he is very Gary Oldman. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> if he ever writes a book, I want him to title it Very Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Is Glenn Close the vice president? 
You know, I know she's sounds, an official. That sounds right. Again, I've not seen this in a long yeah. time, but that sounds right. It's it's she's either the she's some high up official. She's right. at least in the cabinet. Okay. Where she's like in the I've seen this movie on cable. But in bits and pieces. Bits and pieces, like yeah. in a hotel room somewhere. So you have no context. No. Yeah. Like, yeah, there everything in basically involves them on the plane and then there's the the situation room back at the white house pretty much you know yeah there's probably some people in here that you're going to recognize from the night from the late 90s yep um but other than those people i don't know who else is in the movie okay all right so i don't know if it's going to be like the cliche arab terrorists or if it's uh like a rogue nation type of a thing uh-huh uh yeah I, mm. Well, Trent, we talked about this a few podcasts ago. When in doubt, who are the bad guys? Oh, uh, Russians and Nazis. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can usually whittle it down to one of those things. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, so I think you maybe know more about this movie than you realize you mm-hmm. do just because you've seen bits and pieces oh, sure. of it. Sure. It's been around for a while. Do you know... The line of dialogue. Of course I do. That is really well known from Get off my plane. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll get to see it in all its glory. Yeah. We're going to go now. We're going to watch Air Force One, and we will be right back. back all right 24 years on <laughs> Trent, you finally watched air force one beginning to end uh-huh. what did you think i was not prepared for how dramatic that was yeah like wow that held up yeah that I'm was not, great i'm not gonna lie so before we started this i said oh i'm so excited to watch this stupid movie because i was thinking oh this is one of those dorky movies from when right. i was a kid right and it's, it's never... like another like armageddon where right. it's gonna be a bunch of goofballs the, yeah i thought oh it's never gonna hold up no this totally holds up yeah <laughs> this is this was really really good and well made yeah i was i was like finding myself like catching my breath yeah. and getting really nervous because i think it's honestly been oh it's been probably 15 or more years since i've watched this movie yeah and yeah i was into it yeah <laughs> again i go back to this was dramatic i was like waiting for the slapstick to to, to kind of rear its head yeah i was thinking oh yeah Oh no! That that no, none of that ever happened. There's not one funny moment in the entire movie. No, there's no levity except right at the beginning when he doesn't want to know the football scores, and, sure. and everybody is like, "Don't tell me! Don't tell me!" And then some right. guy just says, "Oh, here's the score." Hey, they squeaked it out, fourteen to thirteen. Yeah, and that's it. The rest of the movie, we are on the edge of our seats, yeah. trying to figure out what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. So of course, this is. Post Cold War 90s. Yep. And I suddenly, after watching this, I'm like, I want to do a film study of that. Yeah. yeah. Cinema, 
focusing on the topic of post Cold War mm-hmm. '90s because we've talked about it before. Goldeneye. Goldeneye came is out in '96, and uh, that was very much a, a post Cold War type of a thing, post Soviet Union. Yeah. Where like uh, separatist. Uh, 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 generals are still kind of in charge of what they have in front of them. Yeah. But at the same time, they have no leadership because the governments of the countries that were a part of the, the Soviet Union are not formed yet. Yep. The diehard loyalists. Yeah. Don't know what to do with themselves. And they talked about it. If you've ever seen the movie Lord of War. Yeah. Uh, same thing. There is a, a gun salesman who is going around to all these Soviet bloc countries buying up all the weapons because nobody's there to say no. Yeah, what else are they going to do with them all? Right. But yeah, so I couldn't remember the exact plot, like why they were doing this. And they start the movie with a general mm-hmm. in Kazakhstan yeah. who is basically a self-proclaimed leader of this country. Right. And through joint efforts... With Russia and the United States, they capture him. Right. Yeah, so they, um, so what I think happens here is, okay, it's a few years on from the Soviet Union. There's been some upheaval in Kazakhstan. Yep. And this general, who was a former Soviet general, I would assume, yep. has the backing of the, the military that is still remaining in Kazakhstan. And he has... They, and they have his back to basically institute a coup and take over. Yeah. But instead of that happening, and actually it did happen. I think it did happen because they went to the presidential palace in in Kazakhstan. Yeah, that's where they got And him. they kidnapped the dude and put him in prison. They said at the beginning, like, the self-proclaimed yeah. something or yeah, other. Yeah, because he's at the presidential palace. Yeah. And then U.S. special forces come in and yank him out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a dramatic opening sequence to set up our plot, and then we see that the president is in Moscow because Mm -hmm. he's receiving an award for doing this, because this is a bad guy they've locked up, and then on the plane, it's a Russian group, because of course it's the Russians, Trent, I told you, (laughs) Um, led by Gary Oldman, and they're posing as a press corps. Famous Russian Gary Oldman. Famous Russian Gary Oldman. And they are trying to basically get him freed. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't have told you that was the exact plot. I just knew yeah. they were Russian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Gary Oldman. He was subdued the first three quarters of his appearance in this movie. Yeah. By the time the president comes into the cockpit area, he just lets loose. Yeah. Gary he- Oldman just lets loose. There's shooting and screaming and fighting. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, like, manhandling his face. Oh, yeah, and that's, like, very much real. Oh, that's all real. That's all real. That, that... It's like, hello, Harrison, I'm gonna shove your face against this wall of buttons, but I'm really gonna push on you. Yeah. So are you okay with that? And I'm gonna shove this gun into your neck. Yeah. Like, that's some method acting right there. Totally. And it's very, very effective. But, yeah, like I said earlier... This was my introduction to Gary Oldman. I'm fairly confident I saw this one before I saw Fifth Element. Okay. Or even if I didn't, they're so different. The characters he plays are so different. You barely I don't know, know that's Gary Oldman in that movie. Right. Yeah. I might not have even recognized it being, you know, 12 years old when this movie came out. Sure. Um, but he's... He's scary. He's scary in this movie. He gives it so much gravitas that it is effective. And And I believe, I believed him. Yeah. 
He's very dead-eyed. Like, he doesn't blink, like, at this movie. The really good actors train themselves not to blink on film. Yeah, yeah. And I was watching him. I'm, like, trying to keep my eyes open (laughs) because he's just dead staring into everybody with such intensity. Yeah, and then he's, like, looking at them, and he's like, I'm going to shoot this person in the face and that Mm -hmm. person in the face. I mean business. I'm going to go all the way. And they even said it in in their situation rooms. Yeah, he's going to follow through with it. Yeah. He will go through every single hostage until he gets what he wants until he is dead. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. Just try to stall him. But that's probably not even going to work either. Yeah. Like, like Harrison Ford does the thing with the, with the fuel and he immediately says, you know what? No, we're, we are going to kill one person every minute until you say you're going to bring the fuel over here. Yep. And then he just goes, thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye. But yeah, he's he is a very good villain in this. Totally, very, very totally. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um I looked this up. He was 39 when he did this. Gary Oldman? Yeah. Okay. So like he had been an he had been acting since the 80s. But again, fairly unknown actor in the United States. Yeah. It's so Strange to me that it has taken this long for him to get the recognition mm-hmm. of his ability. He is one of the best actors of this generation. Agreed. Like, Agreed. absolutely. Agreed. Bar none. And I, and I think it really took him coming over here and making movies in America for an American audience. Yeah. That really had him break out. Because, you know, in the 80s and in the early 90s, you didn't get a lot of imports from the UK. No, like not, film not a wise, lot of them. Film wise. You just don't. No. Unless they were like very important movies and they're going to be like mm, yeah. really hoity toity type of things that like film buffs are going to enjoy and get nominated for Oscars, but nobody actually likes them. He didn't get nominated for an Oscar until Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah. Which That's... another movie that we didn't really like. It was no. too slow and weird and confusing. But yeah. he is. Oh, he's so good. But yeah, how is. How is it that he managed to make all of these incredible movies in the 90s mm-hmm. and got nothing? Yeah. No recognition. Yeah. That's not okay. Because, yeah. Dude is leading man material, and he's proven that over and over again. Well, and uh, he's since... frankly got equal footing in this movie as Harrison Ford. He does. He's he does. Not he's on villain. screen. He's on screen for a really close number of minutes. Right. I bet if you went and actually timed it out. Yeah. He, he might is, have more. He is either equal to or more than Harrison because Ford. Because Harrison Ford is 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 um hiding <laughs> is is hiding in the uh the the pod or in supposedly in the pod yep. waiting for the opportune time to come out. Uh so yeah, that's a lot of screen time that he's not on. Yeah. So, yeah, Gary Oldman, man. <laughs> yeah. The- and we could keep going. We could keep going. But let's talk about somebody else. Let's talk about Glenn Close. Fuck yeah, Glenn Close. You can be my vice president any day. So again, this is probably one of the first things I saw her in. All right. I'm sure I saw 101 Dalmatians before this. Okay. But this is a very different role. Yeah. But I was thinking about it. I think this might be the first example of a movie that I saw in my lifetime where the vice president was a woman. Yeah. And it's Glenn Close. Yep. Who's a badass. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was right I did have that j- just based on what I remember seeing in other clips yeah. other times I've seen this movie on TV uh, I figured that that was her role because mm-hmm. uh, it would just make sense yeah. that she's the one making the calls Yeah. Um, 
But she's she's really good in this too. Like she is mm-hmm. trying to hold it together. And like there's the scene where they execute somebody and she's just completely stone faced and then a tear just yeah. rolls down her cheek. Yeah. So you can see it all. She's doing that thing where it's just all in her eyes. Yeah. Just daggers. Yeah. Oh. Oh, she good. She good. Again, a travesty in modern acting that that woman doesn't have at a cat seven times. Give she's been nominated. Glenn close an Oscar. Academy Awards. Come on, guys. Give give her the award. Please. For crying out loud. You're killing me here. <laughs> and then our other major star, obviously, is Harrison Ford. I looked this yep. up, too. 55 years old he was when he made this. 55. Belie- very believable that he was able to do all of those things and be the president. And, and, you know, they just casually dropped the fact that he was a Medal of Honor recipient. Yeah, and a pilot. And a pilot. He was a uh, helicopter in the, pilot yeah. in, Viet- in Vietnam. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And, of course, as most people know, Harrison Ford is a pilot in real life. He is. He is. Though I was watching this and I was like, oh, okay, so he's 55 doing this action movie, which is, you know, approaching the what we were talking about before where he's not quite old man Harrison Ford yet, but he's closing in on it. Uh And now they're making another Indiana Jones. If you add 55 and then plus another 24 years, do we really need a 79 year old Harrison Ford making action movies? I don't know. Did we need Sean Connery? in those movies either okay but you haven't seen like in anything or just in indiana jones well in 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 the late 90s when sean connery was still making movies okay entrapment is a good movie it is and he's good in it yeah he is he's not doing action though he's just being sean connery and there's action happening around him okay fair enough. same thing with league of extraordinary gentlemen but I, i will defer to whatever they do in a eventual indiana jones movie if he can stop breaking his legs in arms. <laughs> yeah. He's going to make it through filming in one piece. Yeah. Yeah. Man. But that's a whole different conversation. And then the rest of the cast, we kept going, hey, it's that guy. Hey, it's that guy. Uh-huh. So I was thinking about this. William H. Macy, this is 1997. That's the same year Fargo came out. Okay. Right? I don't remember. It's either 96 or 97. Yeah. So again, relatively unknown actor at this mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, um, hang on, I wrote his name down because I always forget Ilya Baskin, the Russian guy that you noticed. Oh, sure, yeah. Who is flying the plane. Yeah. He was on his crew. This is the Russian actor who always plays a Russian in everything you've ever seen. He's been in October Sky. You said you knew him from 13 Days. 13 Days, he is the ambassador that meets with RFK at the end of the movie to yeah. negotiate, hey, there, this is what we're going to do. But yeah, he's one of those character actors that if you're looking for a man to play a Russian, this is the guy He's a great call. actor, yeah. yeah. I, I really like him. Yeah, and then like the entire cabinet, a lot of the military guys, the uh-huh. Secret Service agent who Speaking betrays him. Speaking of 13 Days, there's uh, one of the dudes in the army uniform is basically wearing the exact same uniform that he wore in 13 Days. Yeah. This is one of those movies, especially in the 90s, yeah. where you just, it's character the guy, actors the to guy fill who the come, scenery. The guy who comes in as the attorney general, yep. he's in The Sum of All Fears, another very similar kind of a movie yep. where they're on Air Force One while after a nuke goes off mm-hmm. on, on U.S. soil. Uh, and I can't remember what what uh, position he has, but I think he might be like Secretary of Defense. Yeah. Well, the the... 
secret service agent who betrays them and he yeah. lets them in. Yeah. Did you recognize him? Did you I, place him? I just placed him. Tell me. I, I know I know him from a few things. I just, what is it? Two movies in a row. The Walking Dead. Walking Dead. He is in Hilltop. He's the guy who's in charge. Gregory or whatever his name is. He's got a beard and white hair. I don't remember that at all. What yeah. else do I know him from? Oh, there uh, more stuff from the 90s. We'd have to really look at his IMDb page. But yeah, I just placed him. I was like, wait a second. That's the guy from The Walking Dead. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other. I got it. He was in Terminator 2. He was uh, the foster dad. Okay, yeah. So yeah. He, I'm like, I know we just watched something where you were like, hey, I know this guy. Why do I yeah, know we, him? Yeah, we, we just for some reason saw a clip of that movie and it's him getting the, the, the spike through his head. Yeah, I just looked this guy up in IMDb. He has 240 credits to his name. Jeez. And I'd be willing to bet if I click through like the, the guy who was, um, what is he, the national security advisor who gets killed... Mm-hmm. I've seen that man in many yep. things. Yep. The, the seen... guy, the guy who takes a bullet for the president. Oh yeah, he was yeah. in CSI. Yeah, he was a CSI dude. Yeah. He's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when they try at the beginning of the movie to land the plane the first time, yep. they they go to a military base in Germany, and there's a guy. Yep. At yep. the desk, there's like yep. two or three of these guys who are mm-hmm. only in this one scene. But I'm like, oh, that's the guy from The American President. And that's the guy from I don't know what, but I recognize him. There was a redheaded Secret Service agent on the plane. Mm -hmm. I think he must have died in the fray at the beginning. But I'm like, I know that guy from things too. This whole movie. I was just like, I know that guy, I know that guy, I know that guy. Yeah, filled with people (laughs) that we recognize. But, But again, it's... You know, twenty plus years ago, it's you're we're bound to recognize a lot of people. But here's the other thing that's so great about that is the fact that these people are still working, and this is their career. They just play character parts. They show up for one scene, yep. a couple scenes. Yep. They maybe have a line, they maybe don't, and they make entire careers sure. out of this. Two hundred plus credits like, to their how name. many? How many actors can you think of that? show up as military men. Right. You know, they just show up in the uniform and the uniform fits them very well and they can bellow out an order like a, like a military man would. Right. You hey, could say it's typecasting, but if you make an entire career, entire living out I'll of that... I'll take your money. Take it. Do it, man. Maybe you're never going to be the Harrison Ford of your, of your movie. If you can make a career out of it, do it. All right, uh, back to the movie instead of uh, yes. doing uh, 20 questions and... <laughs> Six degrees and, and, of Kevin Bacon. Instead of uh, doing Where's Waldo with this movie. Uh, so go uh, back to the beginning of the movie. They they go to Russia. They, they're coming back. And they go back into their little meeting room. And they're talking about Saddam. Oh, yeah. The debriefing. Remember Saddam Hussein? Wasn't it just a quaint time <laughs> when the the one person that the U.S. government was concerned with was Saddam Hussein and the crazy things that he was doing. Well, yeah. And again, this is post Gulf war, post cold war. There's a lot of stuff in the nineties. That was a very relevant conversation. Yeah. But again, they even made some some joke about him, like killing all his sons-in-law or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, But yeah. So we talked about the, uh, Gary Oldman and his crew, got onto the plane as a Russian media group. Yep. Uh, they didn't have to bring any kind of weapons with them because, uh, 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 they have an inside man. Yeah. 
Uh, so one of the the, the 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 Secret Service agent that we were talking about, he um, betrays the president, betrays the whole the whole betrays his country, betrays the country, everything. Um, and yeah, he he uh, shoots a, a a couple of guards uh, guarding basically between where the president in as where the president is and where the press are, and gets a bunch of weapons he opens up the weapons locker yep. and all of the russians come in and take over the place so this is one loose end that is just occurring to me bothers me a little bit all right why did they explain why he joined their side no <laughs> yeah he has no reason to do this uh-uh. they give him no backstory like he's not nope. being blackmailed nope. he's not you know a secret russian agent He's just a Secret Service guy who joins their team. Nope. No. Nope. Not a thing. That's. I, I think you're right. That is about the only plot hole that they did not fill. Yeah. Like, why? Why I did never, the Secret Service it, guy betray his country and risk everything? And he makes it to the end of the movie. He does. And he literally just starts killing people to get off the plane. Yeah. When he could have just... I don't know. Well, he, also he when he, more. he probably would have completely gotten away with it. If it weren't for you uh, darn kids. <laughs> right. If he would have gotten away with it, if they would have had enough time and like hooks to get everybody mm-hmm. back off the plane. But then they realize there's only one left and there are three men still on the plane. This plane is crashing. This plane is going to crash. We don't have enough time. Get the president out of there now. Yeah. So guess what? He pulls out his gun shoots uh, William H. Macy, shoots the, the, the airman trying to get him off the plane, and yeah. But yeah, um, go, going back to before all that happens, of course, they take over the they take over the plane, they get everybody into the room, and the pilots are still in the cockpit piloting the plane, and on their way back, they have an opportunity to land at Ramstein uh, Air Force Base yeah. in Germany. Which is a huge, huge air force base for uh, for for the U.S. that we just happen to have in Germany still. Yeah. Still, um, but that's where basically all of the military planes get re- uh, get uh, uh, refueled and serviced really? and whatever else that that are in the area. Okay. Yeah, it's a huge, huge base. Is that where they filmed the Fast and Furious Six? <laughs> The base that never <laughs> ends. The red one that never ends. Oh uh, yeah, right. Um. <laughs> It's also where the, I think they have a, a military hospital. Gotcha. Um, I can't remember the actual name. It, it might just be Ramstein something. Yeah. So that's the first action sequence in the movie where yeah, they're trying to land this intense. plane. And then the plane goes off the runway. Uh-huh. And I started going, Ugh! Yeah, it goes off nervous. it goes off the runway into the dirt. Yeah. And it's like passing by the uh, air traffic control tower. Yep. Uh, whipping shitties in the <laughs> well, and one of the people that you said you mentioned, uh, the dude who was actually on the radio, that's the guy from the first two Fast and Furious movies. Which he's guy? the FBI guy. What? Yeah, I don't remember. That's that. the FBI guy who brings in Brian. Uh, I'm gonna go in two. Yeah, he's the FBI guy. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Hold on, it's this guy. That guy. Yeah, okay. He's in the tower. Oh, yeah, that's who I was referencing. Yes. I forgot about him. I'm sorry. Yes. I forgot about him. All right. So it gets scarily close to the air traffic control tower where he is. 
And I, th- I thought it was going to run right into it. Yeah. And of course, it's the beginning of the movie. So you know they're going to get away. The movie is called Air Force One. This plane has to survive the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. And of course, then they manage to take off without c- crashing into another uh-huh. giant jet. Uh-huh. But yeah, that that was well done. I would like to talk to a pilot and, and ask them, do you think that they could actually get that thing off the ground? At that speed, at that, at that speed? distance. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It probably isn't real because they got to go really damn fast to get a plane that big off the ground. You're right. What is that? A 747 or something? At least. It is a giant, giant plane. Yeah, it's two, three-story airplane. Right. Um, And that's always one of those fascinating things to me is nobody really has the schematics for what Air Force One looks like because that is a security breach. Yeah, yeah. It's, they have a it's pretty classified. Good, yeah, they have a pretty good idea of what it looks like. At um, least they, they know what old ones look like because right. they get decommissioned. Yeah. On, on occasion. And then they change them out. Yeah. But that's always something that fascinates me about movies that feature the president, either the White House and or the plane, because you're just kind of guessing. You're kind of guessing what it looks like. Right. And it just needs to be convincing. And I'm sure it's just a set. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those movies that you have to put like on a hydraulic lift. So you have to put the entire set so that they can tip them to the left and tip them to or, the right. Or you could just make, make okay, everybody in the room, you're going to go this way. And, lean. And, and you And you just cut really quickly and it just looks like it on camera. I feel like this was a pretty big budget movie and they probably did it on the hydraulics. Yeah. Just because why not? I prefer to believe my story. All right. Well, I'm going to contact the director whose name is Wolfgang. Wolfgang. I don't know anything that man has created, but yeah. um, um, well, I will ask him if they used hydraulics. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot of people on the plane. You got a bunch of security advisors. You've got, you know, members of the press. We've got the press secretary. Cabinet members. Uh, I don't think there's any cabinet members on there. No? No, there's no secretaries on there. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's no secretaries on the plane. Um, advisors and family. Just advisors and family members. And members of the press. One thing that I know about Air Force One, when the president goes to an event, let's say, he goes on Air Force One uh, from D.C. to Chicago, let's say, just for the sake of... Short trip. Yeah, just for the sake of this story. Uh, Oftentimes, people from D.C., other lawmakers who are from the area that need to go there, they'll actually just hop a ride on Air Force One. Well, okay then. Yeah, so the whole idea of the Russian media group getting on there isn't that far out of the realm of possibility Mm -hmm. if they're just going to be coming back anyway. Yeah. So I I was kind of thinking that, oh man, why why would a Russian media group want want to actually ride on Air Force One? Well, maybe they were there for for whatever reason and they're just hitching a ride. So it's not that out. it's, It's not that out there. Yeah. Um, have I told you about the time my sister saw Air Force One? No. Was it on a plane? No. So, (laughs) I, I don't know how much I can divulge. Basically, the short version is, uh, my sister had an internship with the NYPD. Oh, yeah. And they were on the beach investigating a crime. Okay, okay. I thought you were talking about the movie Air Force One. No, the the plane. plane. I do know this story. The actual plane. So, yes, she was on the beach doing an internship with NYPD. 
and they were investigating a crime and it was when I believe Obama was president yeah and they normally don't have planes flying over there but it's the president he could kind of do what he wants and so they clear the airspace for Air Force One yes so she's on the beach and they hear the sound of jet a jet engine and they look up and just flying very low overhead Uh is just taking off air force one yep yeah and it's just like okay i'm down here doing my job there's a crime been committed and there's the president flying away hey (laughs) just a weird weird little story yeah all right so the 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 terrorists go up to the the cockpit get all the pilots out of there. They take over. They fly up back off from the Air Force Base. They're in control. Fine. From there, when, uh, from there, we start to hear uh, more back at, at home. We, we get the, the situation room with the president, with the vice president and the cabinet and whoever else happens to be there. A bunch of military people. And this is where we start to really hear from Glenn Close. Now, she being a badass, I wanted to see more of her. Okay. I think they kind of portrayed her as kind of a meek, uh, like by the book. Uh, just, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it. She wasn't her normal Glenn Close self. She didn't go so far as to boss the men in the room around. Right. She like, was sort of towing the line. She was very much being a vice president mm-hmm. because a vice president do- doesn't get to bark orders at people. Right. And, of course, eventually, we get an education, Betsy. Oh, yeah? What about? The 25th Amendment. They bring in a scholar. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they, they bring in the Attorney General. Who would know. Who should know. <laughs> Who should know. Uh, but, yeah, if and what they're talking about here is they don't know where the president is. They assume that he is incapacitated somehow uh, or dead. Because yeah. it's very possible that he was dead. And if he's not dead, uh-huh. he's under duress. Correct. Potentially. Right. So he's in a situation where he cannot actually uh, think in a way that is clear and... He cannot execute the office of the president. Thank you. So the 25th Amendment says, if this is the case, you need a majority of the cabinet to sign off on a um, an order... To say the president is incapacitated, we are transferring power to the vice president or whoever would happen to be next in line that is available. Mm -hmm. So if the vice president was also on the plane, the speaker of the house would become president at that point. And I think at that point you also have to, you have to involve Congress, but at the very least you can become acting president with just the signature. Uh, And whenever the president comes back and they, they, I think they actually... They never uh, officially said this, but I think when uh, W. Bush had to undergo some kind of a surgery, they did invoke the 25th Amendment. Uh, not because, you know, he, they didn't have to get uh, like the majority of the cabinet or anything, no. but the vice president was in charge for a short time when he was under. Yeah. I think they He's did that. He's literally been put under. Yeah. And cannot do anything. Yeah. Literally cannot do anything. He is not awake. Right. In, in, in whatever situation that, if anything were to happen while he's under, guess what? You need to have a decision maker yep. ready to go. What do they call that? It's the um, progression of government. Continuation of government. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's that whole thing. Conti- excuse Continuity. Me. Continuity of government. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, after, after 9-11, they started to really think a lot more about this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thinking, oh, God, what happens if, you know, you know, an insurrection happens. Mm-hmm. And a whole lot of lawmakers are killed, or there's a bomb that goes off. They're, they made an entire ABC show yeah. with with Jack Bauer, designated survivor. <laughs> designated survivor. That's why during the State of the Union, one member of the cabinet gets put off by themselves in a secure location because yep. if the worst thing happens and Congress gets blowed the hell up and everybody dies, yep. there's one person left to run the government. Oof. Heavy stuff there, Betsy. Heavy stuff. Thanks for bringing the mood down. <laughs> but again, they really went for it with the drama. They did. They they didn't have any kind of levity in like them taking over or anything like that. Like the military people are very serious. They just the, start shooting people. The secretaries are very serious on the ground there, and whoa, yeah, they just went for it, and but, I'm and I'm glad that they did. Yeah, and they talk about Air Force One and how it's bulletproof. Yeah. It's bulletproof and it could survive a nuclear blast to some extent. Right. The, the, I guess it, not the actual explosion, but the, wave. But the force of the, 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 the push. Yes. Yeah. So from they, that. they kind of mentioned that in passing at the beginning of the movie, which then means he can just start shooting a machine gun at everybody in this, in sure. this damn plane. Because normally, Trent, if you know anything about how airplanes work. And I don't. Shooting a, uh, a, Shooting a gun in an airplane with the possibility of blowing out windows is a bad idea. Why do you have a gun in space? <laughs> One of my favorite lines from Armageddon. <laughs> but yeah, and, and so they kind of just managed to throw enough little lines of dialogue to justify the further action later. Sure. Um, they explain he, it away. They Well, they just, the whole movie's like that. Like, he speaks Russian. The president speaks Russian. Uh-huh. It's just casually thrown in at the beginning, but it's apparently he also speaks French. Okay. They made a joke about that. His his wife said, "Yeah, maybe you should have, or maybe his somebody." No, said, he said, "My mom wanted me mother. to speak French." Right, right. Yeah, he doesn't speak French. That's that's the line. That's, that's the, the line. Joke. Okay, okay, I know. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, they're like it's coming in handy that he speaks Russian. He's like, "Tell my sure. mom that because she thought it was a waste of time. She wanted me to take French." That's right. Yeah. Okay, now I get it. So they sort of set it up like that. Same thing with the plane. Like it's bulletproof. Also, it can do a shockwave. And then later, there's a uh-huh. shockwave right. where he's like, "Shoot a mit." You know, shoot a missile at the plane. Yeah. And, and because they know it's on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And because it's on autopilot, it's also going to defend itself. Right. So guess what? You are going to shoot a missile at the plane as if it is going to hit it. But this the plane is smart enough. It has countermeasures, as they explain, to uh, counteract any kind of thing that might be targeting it. Yep. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's just going to knock them over. Correct. Yeah. Uh, one other question I had about this. So... <laughs> Does it seem unreasonable to think that the escape pod is the way they would go? Wouldn't they maybe have like a room that can go on lockdown? Hmm. Is this plane just a plane? Yes, it's got a lot of bells and whistles, but is the first thing they're going to do shove him in a a pod and shoot him off the plane? If it's that bad, probably. If it's that bad, I would I say guess. that's probably the case. I guess every single door they were having trouble getting into, they just blew up. Right. <laughs> right. It's still a plane. Yeah. It's I don't still know. a I plane. Just, it seems like you'd have like a built-in panic room. Which, I mean, there probably are. 
there's a lot of panels that he's able to to, to crawl through. Yeah. You know, he, he went all diehard. Just a thought. <laughs> it's just something I was thinking, like, wouldn't there yeah. be some kind of panic room instead of quick, quick, rush him all the way downstairs, yeah. get him in this pod and shoot him off the plane? I get that. I get that. Uh, but I think that's, that is about as believable as you could um, come up with in that, in that scenario. All right. Also, fine. how the hell did he get out of that? How did he get out of it? How did he get like into, oh, yeah, he was, cause well, I'm the... sure he would have been like shoved into the pod and like strapped in by the guys, but maybe they died before he had a chance. The, the only, the only bit of this I'll give you is when he gets shoved in, the door isn't closed. Yeah. And they show the door and it's not closed, but then they cut and the door is closed. So either he got out or there's a hatch inside that he was able to crawl out the top. How did he launch it then? Because I don't know how he would have launched it without being of inside of the pot. Okay. It's automatic, I'm sure. Yeah, like if knows? the Secret Service agent pulls a handle, pushes a button. From the outside. From yeah. the outside. You get in the pod and off you go. Yeah. So, I don't know. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that's a valid question, but yeah, yeah. who cares? All right, another random thought I had. And you brought this up, I think, a few months ago. So, in these kinds of movies, or in movies in general, the most common male names, why are they always called Jim and Jack and John? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How, how many times has Harrison Ford played a character named John or Jim? Because it doesn't matter what his name Jack. is. Jack. He played Jack Ryan. Yep. He played Jim Marshall in this. I don't know. It's a stupid thing that bothers me. Like, why are you always called Jim? <laughs> Is a better name Harrison? I guess. <laughs> I guess. It's a know. good. It is a good name, though. I've known one person in my life named Harrison. He was a couple years younger than me, and he went to my college. Okay. It's the only time I've ever met somebody with that name. The CG in this movie. Oh. <laughs> so, for the most part, it's not bad. Like, 97, you're going to get what you get. There are two scenes. There are two scenes. That okay. are bad. So, what was the first scene? The first scene is very, it's very short. And I think they just did it because they couldn't recreate it in when they were filming. Practical effects. It was when they were refueling. That looked... Yeah, it's like I've, some of it was some of it was like on real stuff. They probably did miniatures, but there was for a that. very short thing that was all CG and it looked awful. Was it when they blew up the plane? It was right before that. Right before. Yeah, it's a good scene. Like if you can overlook yeah. the CG, uh -huh. it's just like holy shit, that plane blew up. That whole damn fueling plane blew up real good. Yeah, this wasn't even a Bruckheimer joint. No, no, no. He was busy making Armageddon at yeah. this time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was that scene and the final scene. You mean when the plane crashes oh. on the water, Trent? Oh, oh, that was so bad. It's so bad to look at. Is it's that... like some fucking, uh, this like educational video on how a plane would kind of maybe break up if it hit the water. Uh, would it actually do you think the physics were were correct there not at all wouldn't you not think, at all i could understand going at the speed it was going that it would skid across the top of the water for a little bit mm -hmm. but for it to completely like overturn and start 
Yeah. And stay intact. And stay intact. No, it would be like grinding against the water and uh-huh. falling apart on it, impact. It, yeah. When planes like that hit the water, there's nothing left. Like the the structure of them do not d- does not uh, uh, maintain. Yeah. And that's Air Force One, so maybe we're we're, we're reading way too much into this. It's not the kind of a movie. Uh, but yeah, it looked awful. I was embarrassed to even watch it. <laughs> I think if we ever get a 4K treatment, they should go back and oh, clean Jesus. that up a little bit. Oh Jesus! Just clean it up a little bit, guys. Please, please. <laughs> I know no, you did this on we need film. to maintain the integrity of this trash. Uh, no, it. And but really... the rest of the movie was believable. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Gary Oldman teasing me uh, with teasing w- you. with him not really being crazy early on he was just he okay. was just kind of he russian was restrained. he was very restrained he was just kind of uh but very evil <laughs> yeah you know his whole thing is you know the reunification of the soviet union of mother russia of mother russia he yeah. talked a few different times about mother russia and reunification and getting all the people back that will allow them to do this because they say if this general is released, then the current president of Russia, Petrov, will lose his will lose power. Yep. Because there will be a coup attempt and they're gonna go back to what it was, at least attempt that anyway. And nobody's going to be there to to stand up to him. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um which by the way, I, I pointed this out while we were watching. Uh President Petrov yeah. is the same name as they give the Russian president in House of Cards. That's weird. I have to assume, because I don't speak Russian, I've never uh-huh. been to Russia, but it's probably like saying Smith. You know? Maybe. It's, I don't it's know. like a common thing. Yeah. That's just my thought. I don't know, but it's just something that I noticed. All right. One more thing I noticed talking about General, the General. Okay. Um, at the beginning of the movie, he's arrested in his pajamas. Yep. When he's released from prison, he's handed a uniform. Why? I think it's because the people who were there, like, at the prison... Were on his side. Were on his side. Okay. And they brought it to him so that he can walk out with his dignity. Okay. I just was like, but... Yeah, there was a dude on the... his uniform. There was a dude on the phone who was very much uh, on their side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That that's, makes more sense. That's how I... was I, like, when you go to prison, you are arrested and you are going in with the clothes you had. And when you left, you're given the clothes you had. Like in Ocean's Eleven, yep. he goes into prison in a tuxedo. Yep. He leaves prison in a tuxedo. That's how they do it. So this man should, by all rights, be in his pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Getting shot in his pajamas. That's right. Talk about charade. Died. Another one died in their pajamas. <laughs> Watch charade. It's so good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's his personal recommendations yes. that will continue to come up. Yes. All right. Um, but yeah, the, the action was, was good. I think it, um, the, him him knowing something about, you know, planes and him knowing something about, you know, defending himself was believable. You know, mm-hmm. at this time, you know, this guy could be John Kerry. Think about it. Yeah. John Kerry was a military man. He mm-hmm. was a Navy man. Yep. He ran for president for around the same age, maybe a little older. Mm-hmm. But in in at this time, you know those those are the guys who were running for president. True. So Vietnam yeah. vets. And... Yep. And and those who were uh, also draft dodgers. Yeah, you were know. running for president and becoming president. <laughs> You're gonna get real political. I'm gonna stop t- giving you these poli- it's true. political themed it's movies. It's true. I'm going to make you watch something really dumb next time. (laughs) Stop giving me a civics lesson. (laughs) 
Yeah, I I was surprised at how much I actually still really like this movie. Yeah. Because I was like, oh man, 97, has it aged well? Is it going to be not relevant? Like I touched on at the beginning, I'm kind of fascinated with the concept of the early to mid 90s as far as these kinds of characters are concerned. Like when you are born and raised in a hardcore, hardline communist Russia. Yep. And then it falls apart Mm -hmm. very quickly, frankly. It had been slow at first, but then when it happened, it happened. Sure. What do you do after that? And there is like a whole, whole like series of movies that explores that topic. Mm -hmm. And it never really occurred to me that this was one of them. Yeah. So... As a, watching this older and knowing a little bit of that history, I appreciated that element of it more than mm-hmm. I would have when I was 12. And it's just like, bah, bang, bang, boom, right, right. blowing up things. Right. Make, like I said, they made it believable. Yeah. But I think that is where we're going to leave it. Um, so, Betsy. <gasps> yes, right? We got another email. We did. From Mitch from Saskatoon. Hi, Mitch from Saskatoon. Hey, Mitch. Uh, so he's responding to Frozen. Hit me. All right. So Mitch says, hello, I need to respond to your Frozen podcast with a few remarks. This particular podcast is the reason I listen in. Thank you. Uh, You give me outstanding information about films that that I have and haven't seen. I thought I knew this movie, but apparently there is still some stuff I miss. (laughs) The Arrested Development connection was amazing but there needs to be a third reference to be confirmed. Okay, but it is confirmed. Like, I have seen this all over the internet. People have said, no, that's definitely what's happening here. Like, there's some connection. I just haven't been able to find it. Okay, the reason why I would say he's maybe a little bit on the nose here is because, about, about them being three anyway, the first one you said about finishing each other's sandwiches, Yeah. that's... I'm, I'm, that was in Arrested Development, but that is a thing that is kind of an old joke. Okay. So that I wouldn't that could be make that connection. Okay. The chicken thing, I don't see how it could be anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will look into it more. I will see if there's a if third. There's, if there's just the one reference, I'm okay with that. But until there's three, I'm, I'm with Mitch. All right, Mitch. I, I, I will look into this. All right. Next, uh, he says, my first reaction is how when Disney is in the pre-production process for this film, they say, quote, let's get the guys who wrote spooky Mormon hell dream and the Internet is for porn (laughs) to do the music for our family movie. That's right. That is amazing. That is right. It is amazing. Because we didn't talk about that. He also was a part of Avenue Q. Yeah, yeah, I think you did mention that. Did I? Yeah, Uh, whatever. (laughs) Um the fact that those people came up with Let It Go, along with the music for Coco, one of my favorites, is even more amazing. You know what? People can be multi-talented. It's true. You can do dirty stuff, and you can do squeaky clean stuff that is completely overrated. <laughs> Speaking of Let It Go, he continues, I'm with Trent. Oh, come on, I Mitch. got another one, guys. Come on. I got another one. It is an overrated song. The whole movie is overrated. If He's going all the way here. <laughs> <laughs> if you want better music, a better story, and a funnier movie, go straight to one year prior and watch Tangled. We did. A superior movie. I will die on that hill. 
Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Them's big words. Mitch, Mitch going to uh, bring, bringing out the big guns here. I saw Tangled. I thought it was good. When I finally convinced you to watch it. Yes, yes. This was a long time ago, but yes, we yes, did watch it, it. That one has a lot more humor, I think. Yeah. And it's 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 just overall makes you feel warm inside. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to Frozen, which leaves you cold. Ha <laughs> ha. Mitch continues. <laughs> I do have to say, if you see Frozen 2... A lot of your comments and speculation will be easily put to rest. Without spoilers, I can tell you Tarzan is not a relative. I can also tell you Kristoff does get a song, and in the most amazing and unexpected way possible. As far as sequels go, it is the perfect complement to the original and does not disappoint. Pixar doesn't really do sequels to movies that are not successful. They don't also just make a sequel to make a sequel. No. They don't, They aren't flippant about it. Like, the movies that have gotten sequels from them are Toy Story, which mm-hmm. put them on the map. Cars. Cars. They did two, three, and a bunch of offshoots. Yeah. Uh, and Planes. They did Incredibles 2. They did Incredibles 2 way, way late. Finding Nemo got a sequel. Finding Nemo got a sequel. Sounds right. Oh, uh, 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 Monsters, Inc. Yes. Does That's it- technically a prequel. Yeah, yeah. But it, it got another movie, though. That, that is Pixar, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, totally. All right. Mitch continues. A lot of long emails. I like this. <laughs> uh, one last thing on the Disney princesses. I found it funny that in Moana, one of the funniest scenes, is when Maui goes through the checklist of things to make her a princess, including the animal friend, played by Alan Tudyk, <laughs> the rooster slash chicken. Uh, and he finishes, keep up the good work on the podcast. Looking forward to your further episodes and movie selections from Mitch. Thanks, Mitch. Hey, thanks, Mitch. Thanks for uh, reading the email and giving us some compliments. Yeah. Yeah. And we like we like doing this. This is this is all for you. This is, you know, very tangentially related to doing it for us, like having us watch movies. But we're going to sit here and talk to each other no matter what. Exactly. We're, <laughs> we have these conversations after we watch movies. Every single time. It's true. And we have to prevent, like, when, once we shut the movie off or when we walk out of the theater, we have to prevent ourselves from talking about what we just saw so that we can walk our happy asses over to this table and start walk and start talking on the microphone. Well, and nobody likes those people who walk out of the theater and there's people in the lobby and you're just like, oh my God, can you believe Darth Vader is Luke's oh, father? <laughs> right. I don't think, I think I have once, once encountered that with somebody and I just, mm, kind of ruined your it, it was, life. It, it didn't happen to me because it was coming, we were coming out of the same movie, but they were doing it in front of other people. Yeah. And that's, that's shitty. Don't yeah. do that. Don't spoil movies for people, guys. Keep your comments to yourself until you get in your car or home to your podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Make your own damn podcast and you can spoil things for other people. Make them work for the spoilers. Yes. So that's uh, all I've got, Betsy. Do you have anything else? That's what I got, Trent. All right. So that is the end of another podcast. We thank you for listening. Well, I don't think we do that enough. Yeah. Thanks for listening if yeah. you're out there. Yeah. Uh, again, we enjoy doing this. Uh, if you want to reach out and uh, give us some feedback on this one or any of the other ones, we've done a few of these already. Over one 30, or two. One or two. Or th- over 30 so oh, far. Or over 30. Over 30. Um, if you want to reach out, 
and uh, talked about any of the movies that we've seen. It doesn't have to be this one. Yeah. Any of them. There's a lot of them. Go back. Listen. Tell us one that you think we would like. We are always open for recommendations. Yeah. Air Force One wasn't even on the list. But it was on Netflix. It was on Netflix, and Betsy made the suggestion. You haven't seen that, have you? Nope. Okay, we're watching it. <laughs> so we're always looking for something to watch. Yes. So uh, send us an email, neverseenitpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, never seen it underscore pod. We post whenever the episodes go up. It is every Sunday and every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Central Time. Or you can also support us. Click on the little link in the podcast description. Something about support. You can send us a dollar. You can send us $5 or $10 through Anchor. It's kind of cool. I've done it with other people. It's very easy to do. But until next time, this has been Never Seen It. My name is Trent. I'm Betsy. We will see you on the next episode. So get off my plane. Get off my plane.